Welcome to Becoming Everyone. We are talking with Cody Waite, who is the president and CEO of Solitude Homes. He was a former University of Utah starting cornerback and team captain. Today, we will learn how his road to success has never been smooth and how failure and disappointment are necessary to succeed in life. He will teach us how important it is to have a long-term vision, and you will be able to see how what you're learning through sports can apply to the rest of your life. This is episode number 27, Success Through Adversity with Cody Waite. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. I'm really excited about today's episode. I think personally, I just know how much athletics has really shaped who I am and really helped me grow and learn as a teenager. But I love how Cody Waite, our guest today, connects so much of the fundamentals of what he learned from sports into being such a success in the business world. But before we jump right into the interview, I wanted to talk about what originally sparked this episode. I was recently talking to a mother of a teenager, and she shared with me her son's heartbreak about not making his high school basketball team after years of playing with the same kids. He has just been feeling so defeated and having kind of an identity crisis. And I just hope that he knows, and all of you out there who have been through this, I want you to know that you are not alone. This is something that is so challenging to go through and it quickly brought back a lot of memories from my life of how I know exactly how that rejection feels. When I was a junior in high school I didn't make the basketball team. I'd been playing for years and I was shocked and heartbroken as I looked at that final cut list that was posted on the gym door. It can really do a number on your self-esteem and for me This identity crisis looked like me just deciding to completely change how I went about my senior year. I had played three sports every other year in high school, and it felt like all of my time had been consumed with pretty intense practices and game schedules, and I wanted my senior year to feel and to look different. So I decided to completely drop every sport that I was doing and just totally change things up. So I ended up doing student council, I did peer tutoring, and I originally had come from a background of doing gymnastics, so I thought it would be fun to do cheerleading my senior year. I really did love these changes, and I realized that I can totally recreate my dreams and find my new normal. I was making a ton of new friends and really enjoying this change in my life. That was until I realized that cheerleaders were also assigned to cheer for the girls' varsity basketball team. That's right, the basketball team that I had just been cut from. Ouch, right? (laughs) 
That was so weird and so awkward for me. Talk about feeling humble and really small. This was just so tough on me, but I decided to just make the best of it. I loved all of my friends that were on my old basketball team and I wanted them to succeed. So there I was in the sidelines, cheering them on in my cheerleading uniform, trying not to rush the court and steal the ball from someone. I can remember these challenging feelings like it was yesterday. But now having the foresight to look back on it, I realized all that I learned from it and what a blessing it actually ended up being in my life. It helped me realize that I have a totally different identity than just being Tawny the athlete. I am special because of the kind of friend, sister, peer tutor, student, and fun person that I am. I realized that I was so much more than just a basketball player. This heartbreak turned into an opportunity to get to know myself better. I ended up doing cheerleading in college and basically meeting my husband because of it. But that's a whole nother story. Maybe we can get into one day. It's just so wild when you can look back and see how every little thing really does happen for a reason. If you are finding yourself in a similar situation, I would like to encourage you to stay open to all of the many possibilities in front of you. With that being said, I don't want to discourage anyone from continuing to fight for a dream that you may still have. There is a lot to be said about having the grit and work ethic to grow and keep fighting for what is important to you. That is why I am so excited about the perspective of our guest today. Cody Waite is an incredible example of having the tenacity that is necessary to fight for your dreams. He has had the incredible patience and the perseverance that it takes to overcome adversity. As I listened to his story, I was totally inspired by his ability to have this long-term vision and the work ethic that is necessary to get there. I can't wait for you guys to learn from him. So here's the interview. Hey, Cody, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I know that you're crazy busy running your company, Solitude Homes, and preparing for the Parade of Homes that's coming up. So thank you for still making us a priority. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to get on the call with you. I can't wait for our listeners to learn from you. I let them know earlier in the podcast that you are a former University of Utah football player but do you mind giving us a little deeper background into your history and playing sports? Um, sure. Probably just like anybody else. I um, grew up playing football, basketball, baseball. Um, played a little bit of soccer early on, but um, gravitated towards baseball. And, and funny enough, baseball was probably my favorite sport out of all of them. I had a passion for baseball, but I still played those other two sports. I didn't know that baseball was more of your passion. I just always pictured that football was, since that's what you continued to play on past high school. So how did that come about, that you ended up, you know, going into the football world instead of baseball? Um, you know, I had a really good senior year in baseball, and I had a really good senior year in football, and I wasn't really sure, I guess, for me, growing up, you know, it was, Early on, we knew all of my brother and my sister, myself, all played Division One sports on scholarship, and it's wow. a unique story. 
and that never uh, that never happens. But I can remember being at a very young age, and my parents saying, "If you guys want to go to school, you're just going to have to get a scholarship because we, you know, we don't have money to pay for college." And I I just knew for sure for me, I wanted to go to college, and so I had a good season in both of those. Um, I didn't get a scholarship offer in either one, even though I was an all-state um, player. Okay. And so that's that's a unique thing in itself uh, that kids have to, to deal with and go, man, maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah. But I walked into a junior college and earned a scholarship. And wow. from the junior college, I worked my way up um, from a fourth stringer to a starter um, leaving as an All-American with a couple Division One full-ride scholarship offers. Unbelievable. So <laughs> it doesn't always work out like you planned, but, you know, if you have a goal in mind and failure's not an option, good things can happen. That is amazing. So you had a few different options for Division One, and why did you choose the University of Utah? It was kind of a simple decision for me, again, um, Early on, I always knew what I wanted. And I think it's probably hard for for the youth is trying to really figure out what they want. And sometimes we don't need to know the specifics, but we just kind of have to have an idea of who we want to become. Mm-hmm. And for me, I wanted to stay within the state, and I knew I wanted to earn a scholarship. And so those were kind of the necessary steps for me to take in order to achieve those things. So it was an easy decision to select the University of Utah, great college, great program and a great opportunity, so it worked out. So you started at the University of Utah as a junior? Yeah, so when I showed up to the University of Utah, I was a little bit shocked. I mean, when I left the senior college, played in a national championship, felt like I was the king of the world, mm-hmm. and then stepped into this role and go, wow, this game is 10 times faster at the Division One level. And I wasn't even ready to step into a playing position. So I redshirted, mm-hmm. um, took the opportunity to um, work on my strength, my speed, my agility, um, put on a little bit of weight, and got myself ready for my junior year. And that's a little bit shocking in itself because you show up there and now you're with some of the best athletes from around the country. Yeah. And you look at the depth chart and you're like, wait a minute, I'm fourth on this. I'm like fourth. And <sighs> I, I mean, I thought I was the best cornerback in the nation. And, you know, to back up a little bit in high school, I was one of the best wide receivers in the state. And the, the way I ended up at the corner position was we had a couple um, defensive backs get kicked off the team um, for bad choices. And so I stepped in and played that role. And that's how I got the scholarship in the University of Utah. But looking back, um, working my way into that starting position was, it's, it's tough. It takes a toll on, on athletes because all of us in that room, there's 10 players for two spots. Yeah, wow. And all of us are used to being, you know, the best in our position from our state or from our team. Mm-hmm. And now we're not. And so it, it wears on guys. And some of them make it through that kind of adversity and some of them just can't overcome that kind of pressure. Yeah, that's a mental game as well as pushing yourself to the physical limits. Definitely. It's definitely a mental game. And so you learn a lot of lessons for some, from something like that. You, you look at that and you just have to focus on your own needs your own talents, your own abilities, and honing in your own skills. If you get caught up in worrying about what everybody else is doing, 
and what everybody else isn't doing. Um, you lose focus of what you need to do in order to rise to the top. And it takes a lot of patience of recognizing that the cream always rises to the top. You know, so a lot of good friends would say to me, just be mm-hmm. patient, just be patient, wait for your opportunity. And those kind of principles really apply in life. I mean, I think we see things that we really want right now, and we just have to understand that it takes time. Just let your mind grow, let your body grow, let your talents grow, and wait for your opportunity. And a lot of people will say to successful people, oh, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is that it's not, luck is part of it, but luck is created from hard work. And we always define luck as when hard work meets opportunity. And yeah. so young kids that are patient, um, that will put in the hard work and they will stay positive no matter what's going on, they will find luck. They'll, they create luck. We, we call that hard work meeting opportunity. You have to be prepared to be lucky. Oh, I love that so much. And I have to interject here because I actually know Cody personally my husband, Dan, and I have been friends with Cody and his wife, Kelly, for like 12 years now. Cody and Dan met while they were playing for the Boise Burn. It's an arena indoor football team. So as long as I've known Cody, I've just known like what a stellar athlete he is. Even on date nights, we're all dressed up. Like we make him go jump over cars or garbage cans <laughs> because this kid has some mad hops. So I've just, I've been guilty of that. Just looking at you thinking, Gal, you're just so naturally talented. Everything's just come so easy to you. And that's why when, you know, we were out on a date night talking about this subject and you, you know, just hearing your perspective, I was like, gosh, I need these teens to hear what he's saying because it was so much more than just being naturally talented. Like you have this deep work ethic and perseverance that I didn't even know you needed because I just thought like you're just so naturally talented. So I thought that was just something that needs to be known and heard that it doesn't always come easy. And I'm listening to you realizing like you needed to be very strategic and smart in how you went about it too. Like picking your sport you wanted to go to, changing the position that you wanted to play. Like you, mm-hmm. you worked hard, you were smart and you did what it took to continue to fight for what you wanted. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, you know, jumping over stuff is a lot of fun because I couldn't do it in high school. (laughs) Um, A lot of my talent was still, it it came a little bit later in life. And, you know, I have a friend, he said, it seems like, I don't know, I don't think it's true, but everything you touch kind of turns to gold and you can, you'll hear People say that about successful people. Yeah. And what he doesn't know is what happens behind the scenes. He doesn't know how much I've failed and how much I've struggled. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know how much I've um, trained and how much work I put in that nobody knows about. I mean, I made countless mistakes in in, in business, and I, and you know, and it's just about continuing to to work and to be patient, it's the same principle that I used in sports. I mean, sports just taught me that adversity, it's around every corner, and it either makes you or breaks you. And I've always had the attitude of embracing it. I I can remember many times where I, I said, wow, you know, one door closed. 
But you know what? A small smile comes in the back of my mind because I know another one's going to open. What is That's it? That's a great attitude. Right? You know, you look at people and you think, wow, they got it all figured out. But what you don't realize is that we all go through struggles and failures. It's just the successful ones have a long-term vision and they focus on more of what they are trying to become rather than what they are right now. Because the present's important, but what's more important is where are you trying to go? And, mm-hmm. and if I could figure out how to help kids understand that the long-term goal is more important than, than anything else, you don't even have to know how mm-hmm. um, that's going to happen. Um, you just have to know what you're going after. And if you put in the work and you provide the patience and perseverance, then you'll see those things happen but it's it's a lot easier said than done right so. yeah so tell me when did you develop this mindset because as a teenager you know earlier I talked about how I got cut from the team and it can really shut you down and I'm hearing from you like you're just all about perseverance and pushing hard through it was that always just a natural ability for you is it, or is this something you had to develop and learn from well I think we're all going to face disappointment and let down. And I think I define failure different than everybody else. And we can all decide how we define failure. I was just talking to my kids this morning and I said, uh, you can't fail unless you quit. (laughs) Um, And so I define failure. I would have to just give up on something to define it as failure. Um, If I don't quite, make the grade or if I don't quite make the team. I wouldn't call that failure if I did everything I could. That's not failure. You know, sometimes regret can be considered as failure because you maybe didn't do all that you could to be the best that you could be. But if you do all that you can do, then you should be proud of that. Mm -hmm. And it just isn't meant to be. And that's fine. Then you move on. I mean, the whole goal is to figure out what are our special talents, what makes us unique, what are our gifts, and how do we develop those gifts, and how do we share those gifts. And I think where I'm unique and I'm lucky is that early on I had made decisions that I wasn't going to do drugs, I wasn't going to drink alcohol, and I'm talking at age 10, 11, 12, I'm making these decisions. Wow. Um, later on, I made decisions that I wouldn't even drink carbonation because I thought it might affect my self-esteem. <laughs> that's dedication. I don't know that's true, but you know, but I have goals in mind, and I don't want anybody or anything to get in the way of my goal because it would rec- it would create a regret, and you'll never regret hard work and sacrifice. Yeah. So the willingness to put in hard work and to sacrifice and give up things, um, it always pays off. Yes. I love how you talked about like the only way to fail is to to quit. And I really think failure is either you succeed or you learn something. And I love that that just seems to be your life's mantra. Like you never let it get you down. And I like how you said you kind of get a little grin when this happens because you're like something else is out there for me. And that's something that is just a really new idea for a lot of people because failure and, you know, being let down can just cause a lot of us to kind of feel crippled. 
And I know you told me at one point that you didn't make, uh, was it the basketball team? Yeah. So my whole story is um, starting from the bottom. I mean, I, I was small, undersized. I developed later in, in high school. And, you know, I got cut from the junior basketball team. And so basically all I could do was just say, I'm going to work on baseball all winter and I'm just going to hit and play baseball. And I'm going to focus on baseball and then I'm going to focus on football. But, you know, on the football side and the baseball side, I had to wait until I was a senior to start in varsity sports. No way. And, you know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, my senior year, I would... I would get voted as the most athletic male athlete. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't try out for the basketball team my senior year. And that's one thing that I still could be a weakness for a lot of people is the fear of failure mm-hmm. and not trying. And I think what the most disappointing thing to me is I should have done that. You know, I should have tried out for that. But, um, I focused on baseball, I focused on football, and then, like I said before, I go to the junior colleges and walk on, I'm four-string, I build yeah. myself up. Um, I can remember my freshman year, my parents traveled down there, I sat the bench the entire game, uh, they drove three hours to watch the game, game was over, they drove three hours and went back. Wow. And that, that is just horrible. Oh man, I was a star in high school, and now I'm sitting on the bench. But the next year, I became a starter, and mm-hmm. I was named. I was voted by the uh, team as a team captain, and then I'm named to the All-American team, and then I go to Utah, and I start over and back to the bottom, and then by my senior year at Utah, I'm voted as a team captain, and I'm, uh, you know, and it's like everywhere I went, I had to prove myself, and I had to earn myself, so then I started my building company yeah. during the recession in 2007. You know, I started at the bottom and I built that up and it took, it took a lot of time, but I applied the exact same thing I did in sports. It's just patience, perseverance, work hard, prepare, organize. And by the time, you know, the opportunity meets up with the hard work, people are going, wow, you're lucky. And we have an (laughs) award-winning company that's top ranked in the state of Idaho. Yeah. And, and it's a simple principle, but there's one important factor that people don't realize that I've experienced and all of the successful people have experienced. None of this stuff has happened for me because of me. It's been the result of other people helping me. Hmm. And so there's a key component here to be successful in sports, in school, in business, and, and in life, and in your family. And is that is you've got to be vulnerable enough to allow others in to help you accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Because I wouldn't have anything in business and I wouldn't have accomplished anything in sports if it wasn't for the help, support, mentorship, and love of other people. Wow. But that doesn't happen if you're prideful. You have to be humble enough to say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I need help on. And pull in mentors and pull in good friends and surround yourself with successful, positive people that build you up. That's what's going to make you the most happy. That's what's going to help you to learn your gifts and your talents and to hone in on those and share those, whatever they might be. That is golden. What you just said, if (laughs) these kids could really 
embody that in their lives. I mean, obviously, you're humble, teachable, and coachable, and you're working hard, like the perfect combination, I feel like, for success. And that's why I love your story so much. You know, from my eyes, many times I've just thought, oh, you're just real, look how lucky and naturally gifted you are. But I loved looking, you know, deeper into it and realizing like you've earned it. You've created your luck. And luck is not, like you said, what, how did you put that again? It's when hard work and opportunity meet. Yes. And you didn't just wait for opportunity to come to you. You've created, you've looked for people to mentor you and to really reach out to coaches and do the things that it took necessary. And what I really love is how you've been able to translate what you've learned through, you know, all of your sports history and everything you developed and learned from into your professional life. And it has caused you to be wildly successful. I have been very lucky to have um, great mentors and people to look upon as examples and early on, that can be certain um, people that you might not know. But as you get older, you gravitate to people you do know. But I've been very lucky to, to see that to yeah. help shape what I want to become. Well, I'm convinced that they're like that you can't even use that word luck anymore because you've earned it all. Could you kind of tell us the best way to look for those mentors? Like, have, do you have any suggestions for that for kids who are you know wanting to look for? help in their careers or further their themselves athletically. How did you reach out to certain mentors? What do you do to grow those relationships? Well, number one, I, just don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid of rejection. Those things are the things that we need. I mean, we, it's, it's really hard to learn sometimes if you're not failing, I guess you use that term, but sometimes that's just, necessary. I don't see how it's avoidable. I think our mentors are all around us. And the problem is that we're just not vulnerable enough to let people in. And we're yeah. a little bit closed off and afraid sometimes. And fear is the destroyer of all success. Doubt and fear in sports cost you games. They cost you moments. They cost you experiences. They cost you hesitation and, and and in sports, it's a, you know, it's just a flicker of time is the difference between everything in sports. But it's the same in everything else we do. And I don't try to make my family life and business any different than a baseball game or a football game or basketball or soccer or volleyball or whatever you're into. All these games have principles that, and rules that we need to follow in order to be successful and happy. So... I try to just keep focused. And then there's mentors. They're all around you. Your mm -hmm. coaches, your teachers. And I think more importantly, draw on your parents and mm -hmm. open up. And then surround yourself with friends that you see have long-term vision. Mm -hmm. And if your friends don't have long-term visions, step up and be a leader and help them to understand that life is a lot bigger than Friday night. And there's a lot more to life than what's happening on Friday night or where's the party at or what's going on. Ultimately, what is your goal? Who do you want to be? Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to accomplish? And what kind of life do you want to live? And again, you don't have to know how am I going to do this? You just have to know what you want to do. And the rest will take care of itself over time if you're patient. 
and consistent. Such great advice. And I love those questions that these teens can reflect on to decide what's important for them. What I really love is how applicable sports is in your life. I like how you said you run your family, your business with all of those same fundamentals. I know that you coach a team right now. What sport are you coaching? So right now I'm coaching baseball. And I, what I love so much about sports, you know, winning is important. I always believe that, but we don't focus on that as much as we do in developing athletes mentally and physically and mentally probably even more important than anything because we're trying to get them to understand that sometimes mistakes are just unavoidable. You know, the basketball is either going to fall on the hoop or it's not. You're either going to stroke that ground ball or you're not. Mm -hmm. But there's certain things that we can control. And the things that we can't control in life, we have to control. And that is our, our focus, our effort, our attitude. We're in control of all those things. Some things we're just not in control. We just give it our best go, and it is what it is. Yeah. And so then how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that disappointment? The San Francisco Giants baseball team, they have a little toilet bowl flusher. And so... If they make a mistake, when they come off the field, they'll flush it. It's gone. <laughs> Forget about it, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. We have one rule in our team, and it, it's to be a good teammate. Mm. And so I asked the kids, they're 12, I said, if you make a mistake, you have to forgive yourself because your team's counting on you. If you don't forgive yourself, you're beating yourself up and you're upset and the ball's coming to you the very next play. And because you didn't forgive yourself, yeah. you're going to let your team down. Yes. And then the team has to build him up. The team has to forgive him for the mistakes. And so then we look at that in a life scenario. Look yeah. at that in a family. If a family member makes a mistake and can't forgive themselves, they could be damaging those around them, although they are only damaging themselves. But if somebody else in the family makes a mistake and they can't forgive them, you know, the whole unit just doesn't operate very well. And everybody has to figure out a way to flush this stuff so they can get back to being focused. And it's either because it'll help them to be more positive, more happy, and more energetic, which will produce better results on the playing field and better results in life. So we kind of focus on that kind of stuff. Be a good teammate and focus on and achieve at top level the things that you can control. That's huge. And I'm betting every kid out there listening is like, dang, why isn't this guy my coach? <laughs> have a lot of fun. And I don't, you know, you don't have to really scream and yell at kids. You just have to keep them focused and keep things fun. What we try to do is we try to keep the pressure out of it. Yeah. Um, they get Snickers bars if they strike out swinging on the third pitch versus looking. That yeah. means I want you to swing the bat. I understand you're not going to hit every pitch, but don't let fear dictate your results. That's awesome. And I know that we're hardest on ourselves. And so often just having a coach that's so encouraging and looking at the big picture like you do, I think is really pivotal for these kids. And I know I've, I've heard that you're the most requested coach amongst the, you know, the kids and the parents. And 
I can see exactly why it's like this bigger picture and you're teaching these kids life lessons and how that incorporates, you know, what they're learning, it really incorporates into their lives. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. We want to work hard. We want to have fun. We want to learn, but the key to our season is progression. Are we getting better every day? And, and if we take a step backwards, can we forget about it and move forward so we can continue to progress and get better? And, you know, I, I'm almost uh, 40 years old, but I, I asked the kids, how old do you think I am? And uh, maybe it's just the baseball gear or whatever. But <laughs> said, I don't know. You, you, you kind of just look like a big teenager. So <laughs> maybe I connect with them. Maybe they feel like I'm just a big teenager. But, you know, I, I think what it is, uh, it's what makes you good at what you're doing. I think the kids recognize our passion, our true love, our mm -hmm. true care for them as people and for them as um, becoming great husbands, you know, and great individuals and great citizens. Uh, and I think that's all it is. And I think a good coach, a good mentor, a good teacher is, is somebody that truly does love and care for the well-being and the progress and the success of this of this kid, because they're smart, they they know um, what you're about right out of the gate, and they know whether hey, coach is just trying to win a game for himself, or coach really just cares about us, mm -hmm. or it's it's our team or it's his team, and I guess no matter what we're doing as leaders, we need to make sure they know this is about them, and the experience is about them, and it's not about me. Um, I've had, I've coached a ton of great kids that have gone on to the NFL and Major League Baseball, and they all make me look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, ultimately, all I'm trying to do is help them to have the best experience and, uh, that I can and to learn, you know, the game or life lessons. That's so great. I'm so thankful for the influence you've had on all the kids you've coached, but also just taking the time to share your wisdom with us today and what you've learned. There's so much goodness in this episode and so much that these kids can take and apply into their daily lives as well as into their extracurricular activities. So thank you so much for taking the time. And before I let you go, I'm going to ask you one last question that I ask all the people we interview. That is, if you could give your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, early on, I think everybody needs to apply this. I said to myself all the time in high school, I don't want to have any regrets. And I didn't realize that until maybe you interviewed me that I thought I escaped with no regrets. But the one thing I didn't do was to go back and maybe, maybe try out for that basketball team one more time. But at the same time, maybe it just wasn't my interest. My focus, my goal was yeah. baseball. But if you don't want to have to answer that question in 20 years, mm -hmm. um, like most people do, I wish I would have, don't. Make sure you do everything that you need to do so that you don't have any regrets. And honestly, I feel pretty strong about saying, you know what, there's nothing I would redo because I put in all the time, all the work, the effort that I could 
and I accomplished all of my goals, and they didn't go as smoothly as I thought, and they weren't as easy as I thought, and they didn't happen as fast as I thought. Mm-hmm. But they all happened because I never quit, and I stuck with and evolved and shaped, you know, my myself. But the key was, you know, I had good mentors, had good friends, and I, and I had long-term goals. So good. So good. <laughs> I love it, Cody. You're awesome. Thank you for sharing everything with us. And I cannot wait for the teens to hear this and learn from you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you have the show. And I hope everybody um, has a chance to, to share and listen to uh, your outstanding show. Thank you. I love bringing guests on that have different experiences than I can give you. And I thought it was really important to give you different perspectives. You know, I decided to try something new, but Cody decided to just keep fighting and working hard to get what he wanted. I want you to know that there is no right or wrong answer for you. You get to decide what you want your future to hold. And I hope you can take both of these examples and just really consider what you want for yourself. Whatever you decide, you just go full force and fight for it. I believe in you guys and I love that you can just keep learning and growing and becoming no matter what direction you take. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.